The U.S. inflation report disappointed the Fed doves yesterday, but the market gave a surprisingly mixed reaction to a higher-than-expected headline inflation print in the U.S. So U.S. yields rose, then they fell, and equities closed the session near flat. Now, investors' attention shifts to the earning season, and the big U.S. banks will be the first to confess this Friday. So welcome. This is Swiss Codes. Daily Market Talk. Oops. The US inflation numbers that were released yesterday weren't exactly ideal. Because the headline inflation rose more than expected to 3.4% from 3.1% that was printed a month earlier. Shelter, electricity and food prices drove the overall CPI index higher in December in the US, especially the shelter costs increased by more than 6%. But if you don't count food and energy price inflation, the core inflation eased to 3.9% level during the same month from 4% printed a month earlier. And well, if you start getting the shelter costs off the calculation as well, the numbers were quite good actually. Now, the metrics that disregard food and energy and shelter prices, like the core and super core inflation figures, make obviously little sense to Mr. and Mrs. Everyone, as everyone eats, everyone uses energy, and, well, everyone needs a shelter. Yet, for the Federal Reserve, these items have volatile prices, so they actually prefer looking past these, well, most important categories of a consumer's life, and while doing so, well, inflation eased. Because, well, core inflation eased last month, less than expected, but it still eased below the 4% level. Also, Note that a rise in car prices also added to the inflationary pressures last month, but their weight is lower in the calculation of the PC index, which is closely watched by the Federal Reserve. And that's why the Fed's favorite inflation gauge, which is the PC index and which will be released by the end of the month, will likely be trending much, much closer to the 2% target. I know I confuse you with all my uh, inflation blah blah, but all in all, again, as I was saying, the conclusion is that yesterday's inflation report in the US was less than ideal. It was not a good surprise, and the market reaction to the data was mixed. Yes, it was somehow mixed. I mean, the US 2 and 10-year yields first rose, then they fell, whereas you would actually expect a swift shift in dovish Fed expectations following a well, higher-than-expected jump in the US headline inflation data. Then the equities were up and they were down, and while well, the S&P 500 closed yesterday's trading session very slightly in the negative, while the Nasdaq 100 index eked out even a small gain at yesterday's close. Now, disinflation remains the base case scenario for this year in the US because housing costs are expected to fall at some point in time and that could eventually counterweight the rising shipping costs that are caused by the Red Sea tensions today and also the low water levels in the Panama Canal that also threaten food deflation that we saw last year. So the picture is quite mixed today. It is not as sunny as a 
past few months and and some hawkish voices are now rising at the Fed at the start of this year because Fed's Loretta Master said that it is probably too early to cut the interest rates. And Mr. Thomas Barkin also repeated that he is looking for more evidence that inflation is headed toward the 2% inflation target. But investors are not willing to trade the bad smell for now because obviously it's easier for everyone to believe that the Federal Reserve will start cutting the interest rates soon than to see that things may not go toward the right direction at the right time frame. So the US dollar index is under selling pressure after yet a stronger than expected inflation report in the US. The euro dollar rebounded lower after hitting the 110 psychological mark after the data as the euro bulls are the dollar bears found no reasonable conviction to well carry this rally above the 110 psychological mark and gold rebounded after hitting the 50-day moving average near 2013 dollar per ounce level activity on fed funds futures still gives more than 70 percent chance for the first fed rate cut to happen in march but i don't think that the federal reserve will see enough evidence that inflation will ease toward the two percent policy target as early as in March. So at some point in time, soon enough, there will be a readjustment in market expectations, in my opinion, and we will see the stock and the bond prices make a corrective move to the downside. So that's basically my conclusion for this week of trading and the data that we welcomed. Now, over the next few weeks, the investor's attention will be directed toward company earnings and we will start digesting these company earnings starting from the financial sector in a couple of hours from now. Now, the SPDR's financials closed last year with more than a 20% rally, thanks to optimism that the Fed would start cutting the interest rates sooner rather than later. So the massive rebound that we see in the U.S. long-term papers as a result of this optimism had a substantial positive impact on the bank's balance sheets. Yet, expectations for the U.S. banks are not necessarily positive. Because first, the banks are expected to announce a 21% decline in their profits, the fourth quarter profits compared to the same period last year, and that's as a result of higher costs that they had to pay to attract and maintain deposits in an environment of high inflation and higher Fed rates. Then, while well, the credit card delinquencies continue to rise in the US, and well, this means that US consumer spending remain robust, remember, yet, 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 people in the US are not buying stuff that they can afford, so that's bad news, and the bad loans are therefore expected to be on the rise in the fourth quarter. On the corporate side, well, investment banking revenues will also likely remain weak in the fourth quarter, given that the M&A activity was quite subdued last year in the last quarter. And well, if the Fed starts cutting the interest rates and well, the US economy slows, that's base case scenario, then the banks will start seeing their net profit margin shrink. Therefore, the fact set projections indicate that the S&P 500's financial sector could actually reveal the fourth highest year-on-year -year earnings decline among all 11 sectors for the fourth quarter with an estimated downturn of 3.1%. 
And if that's the case, a correction in the S&P 500's financials would only make sense after a more than 20% rally recorded in just two months. Anyway, I stop here and let the bank earnings tell the rest of the story and the, well, the real story. So we move to energy. In energy markets, crude oil rebounded 2% at yesterday's trading session. And the barrel is better a bit this morning on the back of all the rising tensions in the Red Sea region. So it's a different day with the same story. This time, the news that Iran captured an oil tanker off the coast of Oman is pushing oil prices higher. Yet, the Red Sea tensions have so far been insufficient to push the price of a barrel sustainably higher. Therefore, the price rallies on, well, positive news for oil into an above the $75 per barrel level could be interesting top-selling opportunities for those who can't wait to see the price of a barrel fall below the $70 per barrel level. Now, on the corporate level, consolidation in the U.S. energy sector, which was going on for the big oil companies, remember, is now, well, shifting toward the natural gas companies. And in this context, we heard that Chesapeake Energy agreed a merger with Southwestern Energy Company in an all-stock transaction, which is uh, worth around 7.4 billion US dollars. Now, Chesapeake's price rose 3%, while the Southwestern Energy lost 2.5% on the news, and efficiencies could actually support a further positive correction for Chesapeake. In the underlying market, while natural gas futures have been rising in the US, yet yet the European TTF futures actually continue to fall in value despite snow and harsh winter conditions that we have this January. And it is because, well, the European gas storage is apparently so full, but so full that some say that winter is already over in the gas market. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipekos Kardeshkaya and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments and quarterly and yearly market outlooks and don't forget to hit the like button on all of these videos to let us know that you actually enjoy the content so i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend